When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello, welcome to the Tennis Podcast, the night before the ATP World Tour Finals starts at the O2 Arena, and there are some very informed players here. One of them is not Andy Murray, as of course we know, because he's had the back surgery, and he was talking late last week about his recovery as he launched his uh, latest head tennis racket, and it seems as though he's in good spirits and on course, hopefully, to be back in the new year. He is going to play an exhibition match in a a week or two as well, but uh, no Andy Murray at the ATP World Tour Finals, but plenty to get our teeth into. Catherine Whittaker is here with me, David Law. Catherine, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing very well. A little bit damp. But, um, Damp? I'm coping. Is that something to do with the, the, the glorious British weather, which has rained non-stop for about 12 days? It is utterly dismal, isn't it? It is. And uh, and it's the horrible feeling of knowing we've got six months of this in front of us. It's bearable in, in February and March when you know you're nearing the end. But in October and November, it's just blooming grim. And it slows down the court surface, which for somebody like me with a big game is a real problem, isn't it? Because when we get out on on the on our grass court tomorrow for our game tomorrow morning, you know it's going to be squidgy underneath our feet, isn't it? Oh, you you joke though, David. I I played for forty minutes in torrential rain, not to mention the wind yesterday. Desperately not. trying not to get injured. I, I sure did. You, I sure did. I'm, I'm no fair weather tennis player, David. I'm you played tennis in this. I did. Well, you're not, the only person on the planet who could play tennis in this. Who you, was the other person? It was my brother, obviously my one and only opponent. But there were there were two kids on the court next to us that carried on playing through the rain as well, which was quite nice to see. Really, we were the most hardcore tennis fans in the country. I reckon the four of us. We should have started a club there and then. Was it was it like one of those football matches when the the pitch becomes waterlogged and somebody kicks it and it just stops? It was, it was a bit like that. The combination of the puddles that were forming along with the huge piles of leaves that had accumulated on the court were creating quite a health and safety disaster. Who would be, I've asked this on Twitter many, many years ago, uh, well, uh, certainly two years ago, who would be the world number one in the rain Ooh. in the men's side? What do you mean by in the rain? What sort I mean of is, actually if, if, playing. Let's, 
let's 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 pretend that the O2 Arena didn't exist, and t- tomorrow the ATP World Tour Finals with Djokovic and Federer and Del Potro and Gasquet in one group and Nadal and Burdic and Ferrer and, and Vavrinko in the other group. Who would win the tournament if it was played on that court you were playing on yesterday in the rain with puddles on the court? Well, see, my brother, who, as we've already established, is a considerably better tennis player than me, he was sliding. Um, he was sliding as you would on a clay court, but through the puddles rather than through the clay and uh, it seemed to be a significant advantage I'm just not able to slide I, I, I think if you didn't learn that when you were young I don't think you stand a chance really um, so maybe uh, maybe the clay quarters maybe Rafa and Ferrer would be um, the rain specialists I, I posit that as a theory Fascinating. Well, do do let us know your thoughts, uh, tennis podcast listeners. Who would be the best tennis player in the world today if it was raining and you carried on playing, regardless? Anyway, we we digress, but but it's a it's a, an interesting talking point. I haven't played any tennis at all because uh, you know who's going to play tennis in the rain? I mean, what sort of complete? I mean, you know, it must be bonkers. Anyway. That has not happened to me. Uh, I'm indoors and I'm going to stay indoors at the O2 Arena and the tennis starts tomorrow. But before we get on to the ATP World Tour Finals and a preview of that event, Catherine, we've had uh, the Fed Cup Final today, won by Italy 3-0. So congratulations to Italy. Uh, They beat Russia. But it was a bit of a controversial match in many ways because of the team that Russia put out. And more specifically the players that they were unable to put out. In fact, their top 10 players were not able to play. Now, some of those were injured, like Maria Sharapova. Others, like Svetlana Kuznetsova and Nadia Petrova, have basically retired from Fed Cup play, whether you think that that's uh, something that players should do or not. You know, it is it, it is the case. But there were some players, uh, Anastasia Pavlichenkova and Maria Kirilenko and Elena Visnina, who basically decided to go and play the, the Tournament of Champions in Sofia. That sort of, it's kind of like uh, the Europa League uh, in football terms, rather than the Champions League of Istanbul. You know, that you, you qualify for that year-ending event uh, if you've managed to win a title. But the, those three players decided to play in Sofia rather than in uh, the Fed Cup final, which personally I found to be a strange decision. I, I, I can understand the ranking points and the money and all that sort of thing on offer, but I found it disappointing. I don't know what you think. Without question, disappointing. Um, it, it, it all depends what, or it rather depends, I think, what the motives are. I think if they're trying to make some kind of point about, you know, we want to play Fed Cup, but the the format as it stands at the moment doesn't, you know, doesn't lend itself to, you know, whatever. If it was just a purely mercenary decision, I think that's deeply saddening. I, I don't, I, I think the individuals, I think it's a very, very disappointing decision on behalf of the individuals. However, I don't think that means that the Fed Cup and the ITF shouldn't look at themselves and think, well... We need to change. We need to make sure. You and know, of course, th- they there's are a changing. burden on them to make sure that 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 isn't the case in the future. Yeah. That and, players and, don't and they, feel they, that way inclined. They obviously have realised the error of their ways, or or that this situation is unsustainable because they they are moving it for next year, so that there isn't a clash, which is a good thing. And I think that that is the main problem. Certainly, you don't want to have to 
make players choose. It's, it seems a bit harsh on someone like Elena Vesnina not to be able to play the Tournament of Champions and get, as she said, a chance to get into the top 20 for the first time. And I, I did get the feeling that she probably agonised over that decision mm. uh, as to whether to play or not play. But really, I, I just... I'd like to think that if you're in the Fed Cup final, which is the ultimate, really, of, of team competition in the women's game, that you'd, you'd choose that. I entirely agree. And I think there's a strong case for, for those players that elected not to be a part of their country's team to be exempt from selection in the future, really. I, 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 I certainly think there's a strong case for that. It's interesting. Where the issue is scheduling and there's a direct clash, that's one thing. But you start start to get into slightly muddier waters, which we do have with both Fed Cup and Davis Cup, where players players exempt themselves, complaining of the schedule, generally. But then you see them playing in in plenty of um, out of season exhibitions and what have you. And I think with the proposed um, Indian Premier League, which could be on the horizon, I know it's not all. Not all a done deal, but it will be very interesting to see how that changes the complexion of the Fed Cup and players counting themselves out, uh, Fed Cup and Davis Cup and players counting themselves out of that for scheduling reasons and for, you know, issues surrounding the the length of the the tour and the physical strain it puts on them Um, because it leaves them with not so much of a leg to stand on, really. I I suppose the argument is that... that those uh, ties come at a point in the season which are particularly unhelpful for the rest of your season, whereas the the International Premier League uh, is is not causing that same problem because it's the end of everything. Um, but you know, I, I do share that share that view. But this idea that a, a, a country might exempt or, or, or disqualify a player from from playing for them in the future because they haven't made themselves available. Are you serious about that one? Are you really going to say to Roger Federer, sorry, Roger, you can't play, mate? No, I, I, perhaps not in any official way, but I don't think there'd be any harm in um, in the captain saying... In, in the captain using their discretion and not selecting for the next tie, you know, making a point. I'm not talking necessarily about any sort of official sanctions on behalf of the, the governing bodies and the respective nations so much. That might be a little dramatic. But I certainly think, you know, at the discretion of the captains, um, that could certainly be something to be considered. That's an interesting one because we, we've we've both uh, know Pat Rafter a little bit from our Champions Tour work, and I, and since he has become the Davis Cup captain of Australia, I've sensed that he wants to take it back to old school. And if you if you're in, you're in. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I really support that, and I think he wholeheartedly believes in that. You know, there's he sees it as black and white with the Davis Cup, um, and he thinks you absolutely should be in. Um, and I know he's he's laid down the law pretty firmly to, well, Bernard Tomic for one, but you know the rest of the team as well. Um, and I think it's it's paying dividends for him, isn't it? I mean, they're showing strong improvements. The Australian side, they've got a chance of getting back into the world group, haven't they? Yeah, so well, I, I certainly think there's something to be said for it. 
Pat is certainly the sort of fellow that, uh, you know, if he leads, you follow. He's just that kind of human being. He's a, he's a top fellow, and I don't think too many people will argue with him. And he will be back in London, in fact, himself in a, a few weeks' time as part of the Statoil Masters Tennis at the Royal Albert Hall alongside Tim Henman, Goran Ivanisevic, and Stefan Edberg and John McEnroe. And it's going to be a cracking week, that. So if you don't get along to the O2, or even if you do, uh, see if you can get some tickets for the uh, for the Albert Hall. It will not let you down. So, well, we we, we agree on that, Catherine. I, I'm not too pleased about agreeing with, with you on anything because I'm, I always feel that, that little bit more comfortable no, when we're no, at odds. No shame in agree, agreeing with me, David. Well, you know... You are the one who said four... Co- no, I won't go into <laughs> it. Uh, I won't go into it. You know, I heard those two podcasts from Wimbledon uh, the other day and uh, and I heard them in reverse order. Oh, one brilliant. That's not one, fair. That's yeah, not... well, one where you're sort of uh, giving the full mea culpa and then the, the, the second one where you're just absolutely determinedly... Just you know, telling everybody that, that they don't know what they're talking about and it's quite clear that... Serena Williams is going to win the title. Anyway, uh, I won't go into that again. Who's going to win the ATP World Tour finals? Let's put you on the spot again, shall we? Why do I, why do I always go first? I, um, well, it's I the ladies should... first, isn't it? I mean, we can have a little bit of chivalry uh, on this tennis podcast, can't it, we? This is, this is what chivalry has come to, is it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> who do I think is going to win the World Tour finals? Um, well, let's look at the groups first of all. Yeah. It's, pitted, um, it's pitted some fascinating groups together, hasn't it? In the one group, you've got Federer, Del Potro, uh, Gasquet and... We've also got uh, Djokovic. So mm. that is one heck of a group. That's a heck of a group. I, I feel, That's a group of death. I feel for Richard Gasquet because I just don't think he has a hope in that group, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, that is that is incredibly tasty. Um, do you, do you think I, he would think have Federer a hope could if he... be in trouble, dare do I you say. Think, do, you, do, you, do you think... Oh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Do you think that Gasquet would have a hope if he came out swinging? Because I, I always think that he plays a little bit too conservatively for me. And, and I always think that if he, if he could just sort of let it fly the way that he did against Roddick when he was two sets to love down at Wimbledon in 07, you know, and just just swing away and, and Absolutely. That that's his best hope without a chance. But then that's his sort of his career to date, encapsulated, isn't it? I don't think he's used his talent. I don't think he's figured out how to use his talents to the best of his ability and he and he hasn't or certainly on on occasion in the past he hasn't handled pressure all that well um so I, i'm not saying it's it's a hopeless cause but certainly none of my money is going on richard gasquet's success this week let's put it that way no do you think you'll win a, do you think you'll win a rubber a, a match in the whole competition I, I can't really see it I, I can't see it either I mean going through if I were to predict individual results I don't think I would be predicting any Gasquet wins I'm afraid it'd be nice to see it but I, th- I not think his in that best group. chance his best chance might be against Federer just yeah. because of the the similarity of certain aspects of their style and and um, I think he's going to get bulldozed off the court by Del Potro and I think Djokovic has just got his number. Yeah, oh, I completely agree. Best chance against Federer. And as you say, best chance if he comes out swinging and feeling loose. But I don't see him walking on court feeling loose somehow. 
What's this nonsense about you thinking Roger Federer might be in trouble this week? The bloke's won it loads of times. He's well, in great form at the moment. He's the best indoor player in the world, historically. Well, I'm, I'm accounting for that because I think on any other court, I'd be saying he's definitely in trouble. But I, I, because I think Djokovic and Del Potro are, well, and the rankings show it as well, they are better players than him at the moment. Um, taking Hold into on, account- Federer, Federer beat Del Potro last week. Yeah, he did. He did. But I still... I mean, it's certainly close. It's that I'd be picking Delpo by a fine margin, I think. I don't think he's definitely in trouble. I just think... I'm picking Djokovic and Delpo to go through from that group, is what I'm saying. OK, so they're in the semi-finals, uh, Catherine Whitaker says. I am going to go for, out of that group... Do you remember last year where I made a complete idiot of myself and I said that Djokovic wouldn't make the semi-finals and he I ended do. up winning it? <laughs> I do recall that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it makes see, me look that, so so gracious. And That's uh, the kind yeah. of man I am. Um, I, 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 I can't see him doing that again. I mean, but, but then it's, then you actually think of the individual matches all Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. What he's got to do is lose to Federer, which is possible, and lose to Del Potro, which is possible. And he's out, more or less. More or less. Yeah, but that applies to all of them, doesn't it? I, I mean, know, but th- those are thoroughly believable well, welcome results. Welcome to the round robin. Yeah, they are. It really could go any way, apart from Richard Gasquet's way, as we've established. <laughs> yeah. No, but actually, having said all that, you know, there were Roger 
pushed him last year in the final. He pushed him in Paris to three sets. But you just sort of feel at the moment, with the, particularly the way Djokovic is playing at the moment, he's going to outlast Federer. Um, he, he's going to eventually wear him down. Last year is different to this year. This year, Federer has not reached a Masters Series final. This year, Federer has only beaten one top ten player once. He looked good, though, last week. He Catherine. did, he looked, I agree. He looked like and Roger first Federer. set against Djokovic, it did look a heck of a lot more convincing. Um, so I agree. I think... I think you're right to point that out because they. But even even are... two rounds before that, I saw him play against Philip Kohlschreiber, and the one thing that struck me immediately was his footwork and the way he was getting around the ball, you know. And and I was thinking, actually, you know, it's still there. He still has that that panther-like spring in his yeah. footwork when, when he's when he's fully fit. But the question is, how often is he fit? Yeah, and if it's if it's there, if any, if any arena or surface is going to bring it out of him it, it's that one at the o2 i think um so yeah you could you could well be right D- just to be clear here i have you predicted yet i can't quite tell no no i'm still i'm getting there <laughs> i'm getting there am i gonna pick out roger federer to to roll back the years yes i am roger federer is gonna go through there at you go who's it, at whose expense at the expense of one Martin Del Potro. Okay. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> one Martin Del Potro who you who you've picked to win the Australian Open. Oh yeah, but that, that's different. Okay. No, it was just I was just emphasising that point, not not making yeah. any comment about it. Just no, put, all right. I'm I'm going to go for Federer, greatest indoor player of all time. Um, maybe Boris Becker is is another one. He's got a great record indoors. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Federer and Djokovic to go through that group. Okay, um, Group A. Just to be utterly contrary. And um, uh, Nadal, who's not been in the greatest form, has he, the last couple of weeks? What do you think? He, looked, he, out, he looked out of sorts last week, I thought. I mean, you know, not a disaster, but certainly by his stance. I mean, he had he had chances against Ferrer and he just, just didn't take them. Which was... I didn't see that match. Um, and, and, and I'm curious as to as to how Ferrer beat him. Did you see that one? Yeah, I, I saw I saw bits of it. Um I certainly saw I, I saw the latter stages. Um I, I mean it it was a fairly even match. It's just Rafa just wasn't taking his chances, which was very odd to see. I I can't remember. I mean he must have had he must have had eight break points something like that, seven or eight break points at various different stages. I mean I mean, it was quite something to see Ferrer beating Rafa, and he didn't seem to have the any. He's always looked to me like he's just got an inferiority complex when he's on the court with Rafa, and understandably so. Um, there didn't seem to be any of that, and whether that's because Rafa just wasn't emitting his usual aura of of dominance, I don't know. Um, but it was, uh, yeah. I mean. It, it, <laughs> I don't. It's, it, I don't want to take anything away from Ferrer because he was, he was fantastic and his he was his usual just couldn't break him down. But Rafa, he was making errors and he wasn't taking his chances, which was without question uncharacteristic. Oh, and we do do too much of that, I think, generally, don't we, as fans and media? 
when Ferrer gets a success like that, there is a tendency to think, well, what was wrong with his opponent? And it's a bit harsh, really, on uh, poor old David. It is, because but, because what he's famous for is just doing his thing. His thing doesn't change. If somebody plays sensationally, they'll beat him. But he's not going to... You know, his level is pretty damn good. You know, it's not, the be- it's not ever going to be the best in the world, but you certainly have to beat him so it's kind of yeah Ferrer you're a given don't really need to say too much about you let's talk about his opponent and what they've either done wrong or done right so yeah I think you're right I think um well done David Ferrer shame oh, shame about yeah, today against oh, Djokovic but yeah well he still pushed him didn't he seven five seven he five did. he, and, he um, led in both sets Djokovic, what what an end of season he's having. I mean, it's not absolutely certain yet that Nadal will be the world number one because uh, Djokovic is just winning so many tournaments now, so many matches, and and he he still has a a small chance of of getting above him, which when you consider the year Nadal's had, that, that seems extraordinary. But, you know, full credit to Novak Djokovic. I mean, he's actually getting better at the end of the year. And I think that's... That's a definite change from a few years ago. I remember him coming to here to the O2 Arena um, a few times and just being on fumes when he got there. Yeah, well, and I mean, that was his thing in years years gone by, wasn't it? He wasn't quite physically as strong as the others. He didn't have the endurance, both sort of in micro within matches and in macro over the season. And that's something he's just completely got on top of in the last two to three years, which is incredible um and he was incredible today against Ferrer down in both sets and he just it, it is amazing to think that he's uh, he's in with a genuine shout of finishing the year world number one given the season Rafa's had I haven't done the maths I don't I haven't worked out yet sort of the various permutations of what needs to happen for each of them to finish world number one so I I, I, I want to work that out I think Nadal needs to win a couple of matches, certainly. Is that all? Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm not exactly. I, I haven't read the the very latest after the final today, but that's what I read a, a day or so ago. Uh, but uh, oh, by the way, on the subject of David Ferrer, uh, do go on YouTube if you can at some point and check out the uh, the YouTube channel page of of Josh Berry, uh, the impressionist extraordinaire of tennis players who's managed to come up with the uh, the eight players in the ATP World Tour finals previewing the tournament and it is absolute genius. I haven't seen that. I'll oh, you've got definitely to see check it. that out. I've seen his previous stuff and he's he, yeah, he's pretty special. He's awesome. Uh anyway, uh let's have a look at that group then. So what do you think? Ferrer, can he can he can he make it? Can he go to the semis? I think he'll come through that group. Yeah, I do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I who's think he, so. Who's he going to beat? Who's he going to beat to get those Probably two wins at least that he needs. Uh, I think he will beat Burditch and Vavrinka. Very there we interesting. Go. Very, very interesting. I, I think it's a really tricky one to call this group because uh, I think that um, Vavrinka is a little bit of an unknown quantity mm. because he's not played this tournament before. And a little bit like we were saying about Gasquet, he's the sort of player that can just come alive, can't he, and swing away and really cause people problems which you don't necessarily expect. I'd certainly give Vavrinka more of a chance of get sneaking through to the semis than Gasquet. I, cert- I do think that is not um, 
wildly unlikely for Rinka getting through that group. Um, yes. Certainly, I'd probably put him ahead of ahead of Burditch in that group. I, I'd give Burditch the least. I'd put. I th- I think I'm going to put Burditch to finish finish fourth in that group. Wow, that's a very controversial one. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm disagreeing with you on that. I, I'm picking Burditch to go through that. Are group. you? Yeah. Along with Rafa. Yes. Yes. I think. Okay. Uh, I think it. I think I'd be bonkers not to say that Rafa's going to go through, wouldn't I? And I have been known to be bonkers before, but uh, no, I'm going to go with Berdych and uh, Rafa, the big hitter, and the uh, and the. And the yeah, not just a baseliner, is he? But yeah. you know, all right, the big server. All right, okay. if you're splitting hairs. Okay. No, it's just, just, <laughs> so just we, we know our semi finalists. So we, we in your in your world, we've got. Uh, uh, Juan Martin Del Potro and uh, Roger Federer. Who? Uh, sorry, Novak Djokovic. Who's going to finish first and second in that group? I think Djokovic will finish first in the group. Right. So that means seconds. Djokovic is going to play who in the semi-finals? I think Djokovic will play Ferrer in the semis, and Delpo will play Rafa. Okay. Right. Oh dear, Delpo against Rafa. That would yeah. be, be all right, wouldn't it? That'd be a good one in the O2 Arena with the place pumping. Oh, you know the way they do the uh, the crowd in the darkness and the and the the court floodlit, so that you get that sort of prize fighter ring feel. Really um, works, doesn't it? Really yeah. works. Yeah, like that. Um, so that's that's your semi-final lineup, and the final's going to be. The final is going to be Djokovic. That's the easy one. <laughs> and Djokovic and God, it should be Rafa really, shouldn't it? But form form versus uh, Djokovic and Delpo. Okay. Well there we go. Catherine Whitaker has spoken. Who's winning the tournament? Uh, oh God. Uh Djokovic. Okay, there we are. Um, I'm, uh, that's the end of the tennis podcast. I'm not doing this. <laughs> no, uh, I will go with. So, who have I said? I've said Federer and uh, Djokovic will come through that group, and that it'll be yeah, Djokovic will win the group. Federer will be second, and so Djokovic will play against Burdich, meaning we have another Federer Nadal clash in London. <gasps> Wouldn't that be great? I really yeah. would love to see that. Yeah, and then I'm going to go Federer to win. Federer to, to win, win that match, to win the, that the match, whole thing. To get, no, oh, to get right. to the final, he'll get to the final, okay. and he'll play against uh, Djokovic in the final, and, and then Djokovic he... will do him again. Oh right! So after all that, we're predicting the same winner. Oh come on! Now, hold on a minute. <laughs> who was it who said a while back that Federer would take our breath away once again? And, uh, no, uh, what, uh, and what has he been doing recently? Prediction. What no. has he been doing Hang really on. recently? Reaching the semi-finals Do- of the World Tour final is taking no, your breath minute. away. Was your breath extracted when he beat Juan Martin Del Potro, or was it not? No, it'll take my breath away if he if he wins a Grand Slam. Uh, no, I did not take my breath away. Oh, I was dear, imp- you're hard. I was hard impressed. To please, I was, aren't imp- you? I was impressed, but let's not get carried away with the definition of having one's breath taken away, David. I think he's got a chance of winning one next year. I, I do too. I do too. Yeah. Do you think he's going to win a slam next year? Do I think he's going to win a slam? 
the Murray factor is an important uh, one. Isn't it, it is a know, very important one. It's a huge unknown quantity in there. Do I think he's going to win a slam next year? God, that's tough. Everybody, make sure you you, you bookmark this section of the tennis podcast. (laughs) Run about about the 27-minute mark. Go on. Do I think Roger Federer is going to win a Grand Slam next year? Could he win Wimbledon? Could he really win Wimbledon? I think that he... uh, Does the World Tour Finals count? No, it doesn't count as a slam. Do I think he'll win a Grand Slam? Uh, go on then, yes, I do. Catherine Whittaker has predicted that Roger Federer will win Wimbledon in I, 2014. No, whoa, whoa, Clip. whoa, whoa there. I did not make it that... I think he will win another slam before he retires. Me I mean, too. I don't really think that. I think I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, the balance of probabilities, I'm putting it 51 to 49. I don't really, really think definitely he's going to um, put on the spot... If I had to say either way, 50.01 versus 49.99 in favour. Okay, so those of you who like a bet... But it's a uh, prediction can, nonetheless. You, it's a, it's Get yourselves it's down timid. the bookies. Catherine has spoken and Fender is going to win another so slam. You know it's going to be next not year. To put your money on. Yeah. And it's going to be at Wimbledon. So all decided. What, what do you think then, David? <laughs> and, and none of this... None of this taking your breath away nonsense. Not now I've put my neck on the line. I think he's going to win and he's going to reach another slam final. I definitely think he's going to do that. I, d- I don't actually know whether he's going to win one. <laughs> well, neither do I. Neither do I, really. I, I feel, I've never felt less confident in a prediction. But it is Roger Federer, isn't it? It's the greatest yeah. of all time. Well, is he? Yeah, he is. What about if Rafa wins 18? At the moment, he's the greatest of all time. I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest of all time in 2025 or 2035. Oh, hold on, I've got Rod Laver on I mean, the phone. Oh, Grigor look, Dimitrov's got, got another 10 years of his career to go yet. Come on. Grigor Dimitrov. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really say that? <laughs> yeah, with with my tongue firmly placed in my cheek, I did. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Well, Catherine, it's been a joy as always. Hope you've enjoyed listening to the tennis podcast. Um, I've enjoyed it, and uh, and we'll come back and um, pour over the details at the end. Have I given all my predictions yet? I, 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 I feel it? like I've given more predictions than you, but no, you ha- maybe I, right. that's just I said, my... I said Federer into the final, didn't I, after beating Nadal and then Djokovic to beat him in the final again. Yeah. So there we go. We both picked the same winner. Different routes to get in there and plenty to row about next week. Speak to you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 